Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. And for this episode of Supergirl Radio and this hour of the DC TV Podcast Marathon, we are going to hold the first ever, the first annual Supergirl Radio Awards. And what that means is that we will be selecting winners for each of the categories that we've created. And if you're in the chat room with us, we uh, would love for you to contribute and submit your picks for all the categories we're going to be talking about. But before we get started, we'd like to remind everybody that if you can, head over to give.reeve.org slash dctvpodcasts, that's with an S, and donate to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. Uh, if you donate, the cool thing is that you'll not only be helping Spinal Cord Research and helping the foundation out, you'll also be entered into a giveaway when we've got some really cool stuff. We've got a Laura Vandervoort Supergirl picture that's been autographed, and I know it's the real deal because she did it right in front of me. <laughs> so it is certified official. Uh, we have some Sterling Gates signed Supergirl comics. We have a copy of DC Universe Rebirth number one. So we've got all sorts of cool giveaways to give out for people who donate. So definitely go to give.reeve.org slash dctvpodcasts. And let's see, what what is our total so far, Carly? So we are still at $1,122. So um, I, I feel like we need to be raising some money here this hour because we are the podcast representing the House of L. So guys, we need to we, we need to raise some money for Superman uh, this hour. Um, so Carly, let's get into what we are deeming the first ever Supergirl Radio Awards. And the first category I want uh, to start with is our favorite episode. So we had 20 episodes. Uh, we had pilot, the pilot, Stronger Together, Fight or Flight, Livewire, How Does She Do It, Red Faced, Human for a Day. I mean, the list goes on and on. Hostile Takeover, Blood Bonds, Childish Things, Strange Visitor from Another Planet, Bizarro, For the Girl Who Has Everything, Truth, Justice, and the American Way, Solitude, Falling, Manhunter, World's Finest, Myriad, and Better Angels. So those are all of the episodes we have to go from. Um, so Carly, if you were going to say... This was my favorite, and there sh should be a distinction between favorite and best, because we're going to talk about our favorite episodes and the best episode of the season. So, Carly, what is your favorite episode of season one of Supergirl? Do I still have Carly on? I can't hear anybody. Oh, sorry. I ah, for what are you muting yourself? <laughs> I muted myself, because I don't want to make just, too much noise. Um, you're fine. No, I was just saying, I don't know if this is cheating, but... My favorite episode is a tie between two episodes because uh, I couldn't choose between two. So I'll, I'll, I'll allow ties. Okay. Allow so, well, and one is from the first half of the season and the other one's from the second half. Okay. And they're kind of similar in that they both, they both deal with Supergirl being affected and limited and having to, um, having to overcome that in some way. So the first of my favorites is human for a day which is the one where she loses her powers. Um, and and, and why, why would you pick that one? I, I just really liked it because I think, especially for me, the scene where she has to confront the bad guys in the convenience store and she doesn't have her powers in that moment, but they don't know that. Yeah. And she's, and she's able to talk them down without using her powers at all which basically proves that she's still a superhero. Like she doesn't have to have the powers to be a hero. Do you, so right. 
I think I think that's probably one of my favorite moments of the entire first season, to be honest, not just that episode. Um, so that's the first favorite. Yeah, that's a great this- one because it actually has there's a little shot where like you see her hand kind of shaking yeah. because yeah. she's she's injured herself. Yeah, right. that's a that's a great moment. Um, and then my second favorite is falling because of red kryptonite Kara. <laughs> yeah, I it was that one's that one's kind of more fun um initially and then it gets way more intense because you know it it ends up with the fact that hank henshaw has to reveal himself as martian manhunter in order to stop her so the repercussions of it are are way more serious but again it was kind of a fun episode in that we we got to see what happens when supergirl is a little out of control and can't you know she can't control herself so similar to human for a day but a little different too. I don't know. I just thought that was, that was a relief. And also we got to see kind of how the show, uh, introduced something that's very, uh, I would say widely known in the Superman canon. And we've seen how other shows bring it, you know, incorporated in. So that was kind of a fun thing for me. Yeah. Well, and apparently some folks in our chat room agree with you. Um, Mark says his favorite his favorite episode was the Red K episode, so Falling got another pick uh, because Melissa did such a great job being evil. And Megan also says either World's Finest or Falling. So Falling was a big hit. I would agree it was a great episode. Yes. Uh, Melissa did a really great job in that episode kind of uh, c- conveying how scary it was for her because I think for Kara, she sort of like knew something was wrong in her brain and she couldn't uh, really put an end to it. So when she wakes up and she's like, did I kill anybody? You know, like that's right. That, well, that's, like, yeah. like you were saying, that was, that was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, For me, my favorite, hands down, like they're all great episodes, but I love Livewire so mm. much. It was, <laughs> it was early on in the season, but I just, I thought Britt Morgan did such a great job as a Leslie Willis. And I loved her interactions with Kat. I liked that, that, I think that one, Livewire and uh, How Does She Do It, I think were the two episodes that kind of gave you a different side of Kat. You kind of saw her compassionate side. Like you see her as a mother, you see her as a mentor to this uh, other other woman to this young woman who was trying to have a radio career. And so uh, just that scene in the hospital when Kat goes to visit Leslie and she's like, get up Leslie, you know, like that, that's one of my favorite scenes in all of Supergirl season one. So live wire was just awesome for me. I loved the effects. I loved live wires, um, musical theme. And of course we get to revisit her in world's finest when she and silver Banshee go up against Supergirl in the flash, but live wire Hands down, for me, favorite episode. Yeah, um, that's a good one, for sure. Yeah. So oh, we, so we've talked about, like, favorite episode, but there, I, for me, I think there is a distinction between, like, your favorite episode. And now, sometimes they could be the same. Could be. But sometimes mm-hmm. they're not. So what would your, like, your pick for the best, like, overall executed episode of season one be? Oh, it's so hard because I feel like there's a lot of episodes that are really strong. Um, I'm trying to think of one that like for the girl who has everything is really good Um, because you're dealing with the Black Mercy. You're dealing a lot with Kara back on Krypton. Um, 
and and that and that whole thing. And I also think Truth, Justice, and the American Way is a great one. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm having a hard time picking like the best best one though. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Maybe if you go first, then I'll. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, what you were talking about it actually kind of goes into what I was going to say because for the girl who has everything, I think for me, like if I was going to sit somebody down in front of a Supergirl episode, mm-hmm. I would give them I would give them that one. Um, yeah, and I know, yeah. I know it's it's adapted from an old Superman story, but they did it in such a way that it wasn't directly copying what had been done before. There were some similar elements to the comic and um, to the animated version of it, but I thought they did a nice little twist on it that kind of really actually made it better in some regards from the the uh, the previous the previous incarnations of that story, I think Supergirl actually improved on it in a little bit. And I think it actually was better in terms of using Supergirl in that scenario than Superman, because Supergirl actually, you know, Kara is from Krypton. She experienced Kryptonian culture. She had family there. And so I think that made it more impactful for me. And it was cool to see Alex kind of in a Kryptonian environment that was awesome that was really fun and uh, the scene where alex is like trying to emotionally get Kara to remember her life and to remember earth and all of her friends and everything i just kyler lee won me over like i liked alex before but kyler lee's performance in that scene is just that is just one of my favorite moments of the whole uh season so for the girl who has everything i think um for me is probably the best episode yeah, and I and um, I think one one of my personal, at least, great episodes in terms of how to, I guess, shine a spotlight on a character that's not Supergirl. Um, Strange visitor from another planet is a really good one for Martian Manhunter. Yep, because you go, you see the whole backstory of how what happened to his planet and his family. Um, I was that was just another one I was thinking about. Yeah, that one actually had some really great effects and re- yeah. a, lot, a lot of great emotions because it was cool to see. Because that's the one where we actually go to Mars and we see what happens to mm-hmm. the Green Martians. And that's a, that's a really sad story. And I thought it was uh, done very poignantly and very beautifully. So, uh, yeah, I think the backstory for him, I, I was glad to see that, you know, we we would be getting that and be getting to see more of him him as a character and get have his backstory fleshed out a little bit. Yeah, I agree. So we talked about the best episodes and our favorite episodes, but maybe there were some episodes in the season that maybe, you know, I don't want to say it were the worst episodes. Um, so I, we're going to call this category the episode that maybe could have been better. <laughs> in, in a, a We'll put a positive spin on it. Um, Carly, did, it, was there an episode in season one where you were like, yeah, maybe that could have been okay if, um, what, what would you say for an episode that, that could need some help? Um, I was thinking about, I mean, I know we, we talked about it fairly recently, like some of the issues that we had with the finale. I feel like there's parts of the finale that could have been better. Maybe not the episode as a whole. Um, but I think the issue the issue that that the show ran into was running out of time to tell everything and I think if they had had one more episode for the finale 
like even made it kind of a three-parter, it would have it would have done better because right. it just felt like it was trying to cram way too much in to to an hour. Um, you know, you you not to give. I mean, if you're I'm assuming if you're listening to our hour, you're okay with spoilers, but <laughs> for season yeah. one, but um, spoil away, spoil away. But but you know, it's everything from the Alex Cara showdown to Supergirl giving the inspiring speech to uh, Kara flying Fort Ross into the, into the, uh, into space, Alex saving her in the pot. Like it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. So it's one of those things. I think that the show could have benefited from having one, maybe one more episode just to give, like, it seemed like a lot of side characters got neglected towards the end and and you didn't really see a lot of what was going on with them um and i would have liked to maybe have had a lot of bigger moments than you know Kara being like i'm just gonna go off and sacrifice myself goodbye (laughs) (laughs) and and she had to say goodbye to everyone right and so it was kind of like you know i i I don't know if there was necessarily an episode personally for me that could have been better. I think it's it was more of, I think the show, the, the finale could have been better in terms of maybe give, being given a little more time to, to, you know, to fit that all in. But that's just my little nitpicky thing, I think. <laughs> no, I, I think that's fair. I, I think they did try to cram a lot into that one episode. And uh, my my personal nitpick for the season finale was I felt like maybe it could have gone with like another read through. Maybe somebody could have done another draft on it um, mm-hmm, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I did mention in our episode, I think I counted that, you know, there were seven mentions of hope during her speech. And I was like, yeah, this right. maybe... Saying hope. Someone needs to do control F replace. <laughs> maybe, maybe go to a thesaurus and right. look look up another word. I feel like maybe that could have been maybe tweaked a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, for me, that that was my problem. That was my probably my biggest problem in the finale. Um, but mm-hmm. for me, the episode of the season where I was just like, nope, 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 <laughs> is definitely blood bonds. Uh, I was so heartbroken and frustrated and angry and disappointed. I had a lot of emotions, Carly, about that episode. And if you need a reminder, that's the episode where Kara tricks Kat into believing that she is not Supergirl. So so Kat has figured... Cat figures it out in Hostile mm-hmm. Takeover. She mm-hmm. realizes that Kara, you know, oh, Kara um, had issues when Supergirl was having issues. Um, Kara could hear things that maybe she shouldn't have been able to hear when um, the Dirk Armstrong guy got into the elevator. Like, she started piecing things together. And so she figures it out in Hostile Takeover. And it was like, yes, this is awesome. Cat is smart. And then the, the very next episode... Kara does this like Martian Manhunter shape shifting shenanigan thing. And I was like, nope, I do not care for this. <laughs> if anybody right. listens to our Supergirl radio episode about that, you will hear how fired up I was. Um, and it and it took to I mean, in all honesty, it took me a little while to kind of get back on Kara's side again mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I felt like that was really kind of a cruel trick to play yeah. on at. 
I mean, it was clear that they were trying to play the, they were trying to play it as a, as a comedic thing. And I, I did appreciate Melissa Benoist pretending to be Hank, pretending to be Kara. Right. That was pretty funny. Like, (laughs) it's a good performance for sure. Yeah. So I actually just thought of another one, uh, for this Bizarro. Um, I feel like they could have done a lot more with Bizarro Kara and the whole doppelganger um storyline i feel like it could have been i could have been fleshed out more maybe i don't know i i would have liked to have seen i would have liked to have seen more of it also more of a i guess more consequences for max lord because i feel like that was probably the darkest thing that he did all season was you know you hear about well you hear about like the, the bizarro girl and then she wasn't the first one. Like there were other failed, you know, mm-hmm. test subjects and he never really had, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I, it obviously it's not going to be like, Oh, the bad guys are always going to get punished or whatever. That's because, you know, that, that, that's not realistic, but I feel like he, there should have been more of an acknowledgement that what he did was really messed up. Um, and also I think it could have, it could have been a, a, more significant, you know, less significant plot line. I would have been interested in it, but so well, that's why I, I think could have benefited from. Anyway, yeah, I yeah, I uh, I would like to see more of Bizarro. Like, I, I'm sure there's a way to bring her back. I thought mm-hmm. Bizarro Girl was really fun. It was neat to see, um, and I shouldn't say fun. Fun. I, I think Bizarro, it was um, entertaining for me. I think that's a better yeah. word to say because... Well, we got, you know, we it's fun for, like, a comics, yeah. From a comics yeah. fan, you know, you're like, oh, Bizarro, like, you you know, it's fun to see that, how they adapt it for the show. Yeah, because we got mean, to though. see her, yeah, we got to see her flame breath, and we got mm-hmm. to see her go up against Kara and Supergirl. So that, that was uh, cool to see in terms of, you know, being a huge fan of the Sterling Gates right. Bizarro comic that was really awesome, but I agree. I would I would have liked to have seen more of her. So uh, she's she's kind of taking a nap now. Yeah. Uh, so so maybe sometime down the road they can bring her back. Um, mm-hmm. but, but we'll have to wait on that. Um, Mark in the chat room says that um, some of the episodes he thought could have been a little better were the ones you know uh, like in the pilot that were kind of preachy on the feminism stuff. And I would I would agree to an extent. They they were a little heavy handed there at the beginning but I, th- I think they were able to kind of uh, make that a, a little less in your face but still mm-hmm. be empowering to people later on down in the season um, and Mark also mentions that he didn't like the waste of Red Tornado and that's that's a good point I, I was a little disappointed with Red Tornado as well but Red Faced I thought was a really great episode yeah um, even though even though we got um, Red Tornado as a villain um I, I thought that was a good episode. The the way it dealt with Kara's anger, I thought was really, you know, I liked that part of it. Yes, and we found the out emotional that, aspect. Yeah, yeah. She she used it up so much that the solar flare scenario happened, and it was actually a really good way to segue into an episode where she didn't have any powers. Mm-hmm. So all of that was actually executed pretty well. Even though I would have preferred Red Tornado as a as a super friend, um, but. You know, maybe maybe Red Tornado could come back. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and since we're still talking about episodes, uh, here's another uh, category I thought would be a good one. Um, since we talked about episodes that maybe could be better, 
what what's the like underrated episode of the season that you think more people should be talking about that you don't hear anybody talking about but you're like that is a good episode do you have one of those carly yeah i was because I've, I've got the list in front of me because i'm just i'm trying to refresh my memory a little bit on some of these um childish things i think is yeah. one that especially for the win toy man storyline because jeremy jordan just like acted the hell out of it um and you know you you we had only really seen a one-sided you know perspective and it wasn't even really win's perspective on his relationship with his father it was more of like you're getting Kara's outside perspective on her friend and he's not he hasn't really talked much about his father you know because it's really complicated and difficult and you know, I was I was rewatching. I think was it the pilot or the second episode where he kind of half mentions his dad in this casual right. way, and you can tell there's clearly some underlying problems there. But you know, it was it was it would, but it was a good way I to say it. it. Was, yeah, I thought it was really I thought it was really great. I thought in in term, I mean, I I you know me, I like the emotional mm-hmm. aspects of these sh- of these shows, and you know, and and. It's interesting because you're not sure like how it's going to go in terms because he's, you know, Wynn's father's basically blackmailing him and like threatening people's lives. But then at the same time, he's like, you're just like me. And you're like, oh, yeah. Could he be a bad guy? You don't know. But, you know, I think I don't think there's any question now that he's he's not going to turn out like his father. But um, well, you never know. Something could happen. It only takes one bad day. Something that he could snap. <laughs> Wins terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's I think it's one of those episodes that when I saw it, I was blown away by Jeremy Jordan. Um, and it seemed like people really enjoyed it, but it, I don't think it's one of those that gets mentioned a lot in conversation when people talk about which their favorite episodes were this season. So it's one of those I think. I think it it gets uh, it's it's a uh, I guess doesn't get its doesn't get its fair uh, its due. Yeah, it should yeah, be on more lists. <laughs> I I I think so. I think that's a good pick. And Megan in the chat room actually agrees with you on childish things. And I think um, in addition to Jeremy Jordan's performance, I would like to mention Henry. And I think it's pronounced Cherny. Yeah, forget. Henry Cherny. Yeah, um, Henry Cherny. Mm-hmm. His performance as. Uh, toy man was awesome his toy yeah. man might he might be my favorite version of toy man although the dc the dcau one like in superman the animated series i don't know if anything is ever going to top that because he's super super creepy yeah but, but the one on in a different way yeah 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 well he was he was you could he was creepy for sure but you could also understand you know, even though he's kind of got a twisted perspective on the world, he really does care about his son. Like it's yeah. not, you know, he might he might be a little, you know, cuckoo in the in the brain pan, but <laughs> <laughs> but but the feelings are real, and you know, and he's not insincere in his love for Win. So I thought that he did a good job of playing that. That it's a, it was a mixture of you know paternal love with somebody who's just not really um doesn't have a great grasp on reality yeah yeah and his uh throwing throwing star yo-yo awesome yeah 
That was all a, those little gadgets and like tricks and stuff were pretty. That was so cool. So, yeah, so cool. And they had a it lot reminded, of Man Easter eggs. Yeah, it reminded me of Mark Hamill's a uh, trickster on the Flash yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, I recently rewatched Hostile Takeover because I was like, I can't remember what happened in this episode so i'm gonna rewatch it and that episode is actually really great it has um one of my favorite scenes in the show uh where it's krypton flashbacks of astra and Alora, and they're both in the same scene so you get double laura benanti in there and that, <laughs> that i thought that was pretty impressive <laughs> i thought that was very cool it has the like the man of steel like Man of Steel-esque fight sequence above National City um, between Supergirl and Astra, and I thought that was really cool. And it's actually a really great Cat episode, too, because it deals with the hack in Catco. That's when we we find out that Cat has another son named Adam. And uh, the the emotional scene between Supergirl and the Allura AI in that episode in Hostile Takeover is just, it's fantastic. That's the one where she gets so angry at her mother that she takes it out on the AI and she uses the heat vision and she's just so emotional and angry. And it's, it's one of the best performances from Melissa the whole season. Um, and it's also, like I said earlier, it's also the episode where Kat puts the pieces together. The car is Supergirl. So I think that's an episode more people should be talking about. So if you're listening to this, go rewatch it if you can. It's a good one. And uh, I think we sh- we should take a break from our categories for a second because I think we have an update on the donations. We now have $1,132 with 37 donations. So thank you to everybody who has given to the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. If you haven't and you would like to, go to give.reeve.org slash podcasts. I know we've already met our goal but it's like, why stop? Why stop now? Just keep giving. Let's see what we can do. Um, because I think this is going to be an awesome uh, and special thing. So if you want to be a part of it, give anything you can. Uh, everything is appreciated. Um, when I spoke to the Reef Foundation, they said every dollar counts. So even if it's, you know, even if you think it's a small donation, it's not. Every dollar counts. And if you are on Twitter, on Facebook, and you're live tweeting our chat right now, um, you can use the hashtags, uh, hashtag join Reeve or hashtag DC TV podcast live. Uh, those are the social media hashtags. So um, give if you can, and uh, that would be much appreciated. Um, so Carly, we left off on the episodes. We, we awarded some winners for episodes. Now let's get into like the actors, the acting, the characters that we loved about season one. So best actress, who would you say was the best actress of season one of Supergirl? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's predictable of me to say, but I feel like I got to give it to Melissa Benoist. (laughs) It's not, it's, it's not, it's not a given. Anybody could win. I, I mean, personally for me, I think she had, I mean, she was going up against a lot of of expectations, a lot of people that had ideas about how the character should be, what they were hoping to get. People didn't really, I mean, I wasn't familiar with her at all. I knew she was on Glee, but I had stopped watching before her character came on, um, so I had no point of reference in terms of her acting ability or anything like that. 
so when they announced who it was, I was like, oh, it's the girl from Glee who wore the superhero costume when she sang that one time on Glee. And it's kind of fitting now because that's what all the news outlets were saying. But I think she has proven to be the probably, I mean, I would say one of the, one of the VIPs of the show. Um in terms of the acting ability, just be, just because she can do the she can do the whole range of emotions. She can be funny and awkward as as Kara Danvers, and she can be, you know, emotional and 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 passionate and angry and upset and you know. So I think I mean I was blown away by her, and I think as the season progressed, she got better and better. Um, I mean, I was I was happy from the pilot, but I think over the course of the season, she's just she's gotten stronger as an actress, and you know, I think part of that is being you know more comfortable in the character. But yeah, so I have to give it to her. I think for season one, I would agree. I my my choice for best actress is Melissa Benoist, and for all the reasons that you so uh, eloquently said, she can do everything. <laughs> she can do comedy. She can do romance action drama everything she can play martian manhunter she can i think even <laughs> even in bizarro she did at one point play the bizarro version of herself right, right the beginning. Yep. so she has had to play so many different aspects of her character and i i think you you made a good point about how as as the season progressed she got more comfortable with it because it is interesting to go back to the first couple of episodes like she was good then but towards the end, she really became this superhero. She was really confident and and vulnerable when she needed yeah. to be, and, and she just was very, I think, comfortable is a good word because she she just seemed like she, this was meant for her her whole yeah. life. So uh, I, I would, yeah, yeah, I I I was talking to somebody about it, and I said, you you fully believe now that she could she could save the world, just yeah. like tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's that convincing. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure she puts on the suit and just can fly out the window. Like, it's totally, I believe it. <laughs> well, and that's when I was talking to an actor, a friend of mine, like, when they talked about acting as a craft, they mentioned, you know, you need to make it believable. That's what acting is. You have to believe that that person is who they say they are. So I think that's a great way to put it is that you believe, you know, you believe that she can fly. You believe that she can do all of these things that she's doing, whether it's heat vision or any of her vision powers or, you know, throwing Fort Ross into space. You believe that she can do that. So I would agree with that. Um, in terms of best actors on the show, we got a couple of great, strong guys. Who would you choose as the best actor of Supergirl season one? Hmm. It's a good question. I feel like for me, it's a tie again. I, uh, <laughs> uh I would have to say David Harewood and Jeremy Jordan. Hmm. Um, only, only because I think for, for me, it was kind of like Melissa Benoist for both of them. Um, and I also think part of it, at least in terms of, well, I think I'll, 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 I'll discuss David Harewood first. I think he, for me, uh, got stronger when I think he probably found out that he was Martian Manhunter. <laughs> I oh, think yeah, it might have yeah. been around that time because I don't he didn't know from the beginning, right? They didn't tell him. He, they just said, Oh, you're Hank Henshaw and then, you know. 
Yeah, when they shot the pilot, he thought he was Hank Henshaw. Right. But I but I think once they got picked up and they started talking about ideas, yeah. I think I think because in in the second episode in Stronger Together, that's the first time we see the Martian Manhunter glowy eyes, the glowy right. red eyes. So right. I think from from episode two on, I think he knew that yeah. he was Martian Manhunter. And I think you can tell. I think it makes a huge difference because I mean, unfortunately, episode the pilot he does kind of come across very one dimensional, uh, you know, the head of the DEO who's very gruff and, and, and in command and, you know, no nonsense. And you start to see the layers peel back as the season goes on. And you realize like he has a lot of heart, you know, he's, he's a, a father that lost his, you know, his family. And as they explored the relationship between him and Alex, as his relationship with Kara got stronger, it just, it made the character that much greater. And I think, I think it was really nice to see David Harewood have the ability to express all those aspects of the character. Um, Yeah. So, and then, and then in a similar light, Jeremy Jordan had some really great standout episodes in terms of just bringing the emotion. And, you know, initially I think people were kind of concerned that it would just be the stereotypical unrequited love interest. He would just be the guy that was always in the friend zone with Kara, but just pining <laughs> after her. Right. And I think we, I'm glad that they gave it some attention in terms of the two of them of kind of having the final conversation about that. It wasn't going to happen at least not then, you know, she, she said, you know, you're my friend and, and, and he, you really felt for him. Um, you felt for his, you know, his feelings. He didn't come across as like this whiny guy. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think, I think the pilot, unfortunately, as much as I do like the pilot, I think unfortunately people kind of fell into the stereotypical, uh, tropes a little bit. Like he kind of fell into the whole, like, Oh yeah, I'm like I'm like your friend, but I also kind of think you're hot, and you know it was a little, and the whole rival <laughs> the rivalry with James was a little bit like irritating at first, um, but I think as the show went on, and we talked about childish things, and and that episode I think for me was one of the first times that I really was blown away by his performance, and I think by the end it was you know you got to see so many different layers of him, and and his even his relationship with Siobhan when right he tries to talk her down after she becomes silver banshee. And it's like, he's, I mean, he's a different guy by the end of the season. So I liked, I liked that we got to see Jeremy Jordan kind of play the journey of Win. I like to see that we got Win mature a little bit more and become, you know, become that, that better guy. Um, so yeah, just long story short, <laughs> David Harewood and Jeremy Jordan, but I, but I think for similar reasons because you got to see yeah. you got to see mul- mul- many facets of their characters and I and it was really nice to see them to see them get to play with that. So I I would agree with those choices. They have probably the the best development of the guys. Um, yeah. I know we've yeah. I know we've we've talked before on Supergirl Radio about how we wish James had more to do. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think for me, David Harewood, I, I just I thought he did such a wonderful job of playing Hank's, you know, or Jean's sadness about losing his family, about kind of having to hide who he was, about having to even those scenes where Kara was really angry with him because she thought he was the one who killed Aunt Astra. 
And so he even had to take a little bit of the brunt of that. And, and the, the idea that he had to put himself out there in order to save people. And he outed himself as a Martian and how, you know, kind of scary that was for him. So I, I liked David Harewood a lot. This was the first time I had ever seen him in anything. And I, I, th- I think he does such a wonderful job. So I would give it to David Harewood. Um, in terms of, uh, and actually I should, we should mention, I think we got some, some, uh, submissions for our awards in the chat. Uh, Mark says that Melissa was hands down the best actress. I think we all agree. <laughs> um, uh, and also Mark mentions Peter Fascinelli for best actor, uh, because you never knew where Max was coming from. So I think that's a good point. We didn't really talk about Max Lord or, or Peter Fascinelli, but he, he did have a lot of layers that he, I think he was playing with, uh, mm-hmm. o- over the course of the season. I still don't think he should have gotten killed off, but that's just me. <laughs> well, there, there was an opportunity for that to happen, but yeah, uh, but there's there. It seems like something might be cooking with him and General Lane for season two. That's so true. I think yeah. I think maybe that will open up his character a little bit more. And it looked like there also might have been something with him and Alex when they they both were like having the big. That's also true. Yeah, having migraine headaches. And- yeah. yeah. So we'll have to see. I, I have a feeling that they will be playing up the Maxwell Alex stuff in season two. That would be my yeah. guess. Yep. In terms of our favorite characters, uh, who would you say, Carly, was your favorite character of season one? Cat Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think overall, I liked, she could have, she could have, she could have run the risk of being a one, you know, a one note character. She could have just fallen into the the trap of being, you know, kind of like the, it's like the Meryl Streep devil wears Prada Mm -hmm. boss where she's just nasty and like snarky all the time and kind of just pops up to give a couple quippy one liners and then doesn't do much else. Um, but they did way more with her than I thought they would to, to, you know, to my pleasant, uh, I was pleasantly surprised, I think, by how much she was given to work with, how her relationship with Kara and Supergirl, you know, changed over time and kind of, you know, she had, she had a slightly different relationship, I think, with each part of Kara. Oh, um, Yeah. Which was really, really great to play, you know, to, I'm sure for them to play with. But it was, I mean, I, I really enjoyed a lot of it. Because, you know, you got to see so many layers of her. And also, I think with the relationship with Adam was good. Because, I mean, not only did it bring in uh, Melissa Benoist hubby. <laughs> right. Which was, <laughs> which real was kind of, what, yeah, which was kind of a fun, that was a fun little thing. Um, but you saw, you saw Kat as a mom. And I think that was really important. Um even though she was a mom, you know, to, to Adam and had not been around for or very present in his life, she didn't mean she didn't care about him. And I think giving giving her those emotional moments made her character that much better. And I think then it then you know it also I think made the the comedic moments that much better because it was kind of like you know she wasn't just some shallow you know media mogul. She was she was three dimensional, and so it almost made all that other stuff a lot funnier as a result. 
Oh, totally, totally. Cat Grant was a, a real standout in season one. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, at the, at the first half of season one, I probably would have said cat and then blood bonds happened and my heart was, was ripped out. Um, even though I'd still love cat, I think once, you know, for the girl who has everything happened, I was like, I'm i I'm an Alex Danvers fan now. So yeah. I think Alex really won me over and, I know this is probably not fair to say, but also in <laughs> reading Adventures of Supergirl, it's nice to see more Alex there as mm-hmm. well. So I, maybe that sort of is putting the bias in my in my head. But I, I thought Alex was such a great character and she's been such a good addition to Supergirl's character um, because she she didn't exist in the comics before this. And so I, I was wondering how they were going to play it. But I think she does... Uh, I, I think Kyler is great. I think she does a wonderful job. And I think Alex as a character is really strong because one of my favorite things about season one is it, one of the, my favorite lines was when Hank tells uh, Alex that she is Supergirl's hero. And I was like, oh, I like that so much because, you know, Supergirl can do all of this stuff. And she is such a great hero, but her hero is her sister. And I love that so much. So I'm a huge Alex Danvers fan. And uh, before we uh, kind of wrap up some of our picks, and I think we have more categories than we have time, but uh, I just want to remind everybody, if you haven't given to the Reeve Foundation and you would like to, go to give.reeve.org slash podcasts with an S and uh, help us any way you can. That would be great. I know we've already met our goal, but let's try to keep going. And um, we have in the chat room, a comic girl uh, added that Alex is great. I, I totally agree. Alex is awesome. I do love but, Alex Danvers. I might yeah. cosplay as her, so I do love her. But yeah, I I, uh, I think I would have to say my favorite like relationship of the show was the Alex Cara. Oh sisterhood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in it, that in that. Uh, that was I mean, that was probably even some of my favorite scenes just throughout was any, yeah. any scene they had together. So, yeah, I think the show was trying to play up like who is Kara going to date James or when? And I, and like the whole season was like, I don't care really. I just love the Kara Alex relationship. Like some of that other stuff. Yeah, that's great. But I think the strongest relationship, and I also think the cat Kara relationship is also a really strong one and a really great one to watch. So I'm sort of torn between cat and Alex as my favorite characters, but I'm going to go with Alex on this one. Um, mm-hmm. Since we have 10 minutes left, uh, let's talk a little bit about the villains. We've talked about the, a little bit about the heroes. Uh, did you have a favorite villain this season of all the ones that we encountered? I just liked it every time we got a, a lady villain. Like anytime yes. there was a, a female villain and I've, and I've said as much, I wrote a piece about why female villains are so important and why we need more of them all the time. Cause they're fun. Um, I just liked all the ones we got this season. I thought there were a lot of really great ones. I mean, we had everybody from silver Banshee live wire indigo was kind of fun. And then <laughs> Astra, I mean, Astra was great. I think a good villain in the sense that she was family. And so that added yeah. another layer of, you know, Kara has the familiar relationship with this woman, this woman that she cares about that has, you know, fond memories of. And now this, and now her aunt is showing up and is fighting her. Um, so that was fun. Aside from the, aside from the bad uh, clip-in ex- hair extension, but what can you do? Um <laughs> Well, you got to um, tell who the bad one is. I mean, of the twins, 
Alora and Astra. Well, right. Like exactly well, right. You have to be able to tell them apart. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be able to tell them apart. And clearly the evil one is the white streak. Um, but yeah, I really liked, I really liked uh, Laura Benanti's performance as Astra, especially when, you know, later in the season, you see her internal conflict and she's kind of weighing whether or not she wants to go through with Myriad. And she's, she's starting to feel like she isn't sure that she wants to hurt Kara and, you know, so I liked, I liked Astra in the sense that she, you got to, she wasn't just, I mean, I'm not to say that the other villains were one note, but she was more than just a bad guy. She was, you know, she was Kara's family. And so that created a really interesting dynamic that ended up being the thread of most of the first season. Yeah, I I think my favorite villain would be Livewire because yeah. <laughs> I, I just I love Livewire, you guys. I love her. Why am I, I not surprised? <laughs> I want to see her come back. I thought she was so fun. Um, yeah. but but I would agree that Astra was probably the the strongest, the best villain because we had more depth with her. She had more of an emotional connection to Kara. It was a really nice choice writing wise to have the big bad of the first part of the season be to look exactly like Kara's mother. So right. that when she has, well, that's to a whole other thing. Her, yeah, right. That's, that's a tough thing. For, I mean, that I can ima- even imagine what that would be like. Right. You're punching somebody that looks like your mom. Like, yeah, <laughs> you that's, know, that's, that's a conflict. Uh, right. So I, I think Astra and I was actually, when she died, I was like, no, we yeah, just, I was, I was actually, show. I know. I was like, not Laura Benanti. I love her. <laughs> yeah. But, but there were, there were, we had some great baddies um, this season and it looks like Mark agrees with me in the chat about Livewire and Megan picked Livewire too. So thank you. All, all <laughs> Livewire fans unite. <laughs> um, and since we're running low on time, let's just wrap it up about Supergirl. Uh, Carly, do you have a favorite Supergirl or Kara moment in season one? Oh, man. I I mean, I will say I still get chills every time I watch the scene where she saves the plane. Every yeah. single time. It like I've probably watched the pilot. I mean, I've lost track, to be honest. I... I think I think it's just that first hero moment where she's not even in her costume and like it's I, I don't know if it's like the music and then you just see the exertion on in her face and like in her body that again because Melissa Benoist is an incredible actress but you can feel like she's struggling so hard because she's been repressing these powers for so long to try and and blend in and be normal that you're, you know, I think she's kind of like, is this going to happen? Am I going to do it? And then, you know, you have that, that rush, that flood of relief when, you know, when she saves everybody. So that was probably, I mean, that was, I think the first time watching the show, I remember watching it live and, and, and kind of getting a little emotional <laughs> to be yeah. honest. Like I, I got a little like choked up. Um, cause I was like, yes, like strong female superhero. Yes. Like <laughs> I was like applauding. I was in my apartment alone watching this clapping, like, you know, like a goober. Um, yeah, yeah that's okay. But I still get chills watching it. So I think, I think for me, that's probably one of my all time favorite, uh, Supergirl moments. 
Yeah, that's a great moment because it's not her as Supergirl just yet. She doesn't right. have not the quite. Costume. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. doesn't have the costume. She doesn't have the name, but she still. That's that's a great moment to show that Kara is really the hero. Like she did, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the suit that makes her the hero. It's it's her wanting to save her sister, and I love the choice of putting Alex on the plane and her wanting mm-hmm. to save. You know, she wants to save everybody on the plane, but she's got right. that emotional connection with Alex and the music is so great. And the heard like having to jump up and tr- try to fly again. And that's just, it's a fantastic sequence. And yeah, you're like when, cheering her on the whole time. You're like, yeah, yeah, come on, you can do it. Like get up there. And then she does it. And she's like, you see her hands putting the indents into the plane oh, just from the is. sheer, like, yeah, it's a really powerful it's, scene. Yeah. And it's tough for her. You know, she's got all those right. powers, but you see that it's, it's something she's really having to work towards. And I love that you get to see all uh, manners of powers. You get to see flight and vulnerability, uh, telescopic vision and, uh, and, and her strength. So it's cool to say, I, I love on the moments when they, when they show her using lots of abilities all at once. And I think for me, my favorite Supergirl moment that just encompassed all of who Supergirl is and what I love about the character was actually in Bizarro when she has a talk with Bizarro in the DEO. And it's kind of when she's sort of saying goodbye to Bizarro. And she says, you know, I'm going to hold your hand until you fall asleep. And and she tells her the story about how like she was once asleep for a long time too, and that she was afraid, and mm-hmm. that Bizarro's not going to be alone either. And I was just like, oh, that's so yeah. Supergirl. Like that. Yeah. That's what I love about the characters is that she's able to take that tragic backstory, you know, that tragedy in her past, and and use it to help other people. And so I, I, that's what I love about Supergirl. I feel like well, we, picked, uh, we picked good, uh, it was like a good combination because you picked like the good emotional part and I picked Supergirl showing off her powers. I th- it's, the, it's the best combination. I was going to say, it's a, exactly. We picked good, we picked good, good choices for that one. <laughs> yeah. And, and thanks for everybody in the chat for playing along and, and adding to our, uh, our first ever Supergirl radio awards. We'll, we'll try to do this every time we have a season of Supergirl. And just real quick before we go, I uh, want to remind everybody that you can still donate. Go to give.reeve.org slash DCTV podcast and help us help us just keep going. Let's mm-hmm. let's blow this mother up. Let's let's <laughs> give as much money as we can. Um, yeah. Because the Reeve Foundation is such a, a great organization uh, run by some great people who have been really helpful to us. And I know they're doing some awesome work with their research and the epidural stimulation and everything that they're doing to help the people who uh, are, are living with paralysis. So I, I think this is a great organization. And I'm glad that we as Supergirl Radio could uh, represent the House of L today in uh, this podcast marathon um, because Christopher Reeve was Superman. But he was Superman on screen and off screen. So uh, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we could help uh, an organization that believed so much of what he was doing and what the people uh, who founded it were doing. And um, just real quick, if you uh, want to continue, Oh, it looks like actually before we even do plug, you guys know where to find us, supergirlradio.com. All of our links are there. Um, we have uh, an update from Andy in the chat. It uh, looks like, my eyes are really bad, Andy. I can't. <laughs> I can't it's eleven hundred. It's one thousand one hundred and fifty-three dollars. We're we're up to now. Way to go, people! That's awesome. Yay. Thank you for helping us wrap the House of L. That's awesome. So let's let's just keep it going. And um, 
Uh, I don't know, Andy, how much time we have left. Uh, if you want to let us know, because um, we could we could keep talking about Supergirl forever. We've got I'll lots keep more talking. Um, I'll keep going. What? So it looks like it's time for us to wrap up. So uh, I guess we should just remind to donate. Um, if you want to see more of us, you can go to supergirlradio.com. Find you can find all of our links on the right side of the page, and um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram. Spotify, all of our places, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Um, and up next is a, a podcast that talks about a superhero um, that, you know, we enjoyed on Supergirl. And um, it's very fitting, I think, because they're, <laughs> com- because, because they're coming behind us. And <laughs> That's really fitting. <laughs> Don't <laughs> you dare. <laughs> so the Flash is always having to go, you know, catch up with Supergirl. So I think that's what ha- what's happening on the marathon right now. So um, you can definitely stick around for the Flash podcast that's coming up next. <laughs>